This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit bbqguru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at tastylicksbbq.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, with 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by Draper's Barbecue, a third-generation barbecue company located in western Kentucky between Memphis and Kansas City. Their line of products represents both cities as well as the flavor profiles of Shane's home. Pick up their smoking sauce and AP rub today by visiting drapersbbq.com. And by Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets, making pellets since 1994, two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood, giving you that sweet, succulent smoke that you're looking for on your meat, both for grills and bullet-style smokers, and of course, in larger quantities for your pellet-fed smokers. Find them at bbqrsdelight.com. If we don't have the ability to record the show, we don't have the ability to record the show, and now we are back up and running. Sorry. My bad. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Let me give you uh, let me give you some contact information in case you want to get in touch with the show tonight. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com are the two ways to communicate with the show if you want to. You don't have to call in. You don't have to send any email. You can just relax and take it as the show comes. The Fine forms of entertainment that are sure to happen tonight. We've got a lot of great guests I'm going to sit here and tell you about here shortly. And we also have a number of uh, insights from me as well that I'm sure you all tune in for each and every week. It's fabulous. Here's what's happening. Coming up in about 11 minutes from now, a regular contributor to the show and one of the fan favorites, Ted Reader. TedReader.com. We're going to be talking about some Lenten barbecue specials. We're going to be talking about some essential tools and so on. So be excited because I'm always excited when Ted is around. You should be too. 35 past the hour. Joe Haynes from OC, which I believe is uh, is it obsessive compulsive. OCBarbecue.blogspot.com. A little outside the box. We're going to. Be, he's a CBJ, so we're going to talk to him about. Judging versus competition. We always talk with a lot of competition cooks, but not necessarily a lot of the judges. So we'll talk to him about flavor profiles. He's also trying to obtain his master's certification. Took a great trip out to Texas and hooked up with some of the top spots 
in the barbecue restaurant biz down there. So we'll talk to him about his experience as well. Second hour finds Matt Sproles of Motley Q Crew Barbecue Team. We're going to be talking to him about the big win out in Houston at the Livestock and Rodeo Show this past weekend. And then Mike McLeod of MMA, the marketing partner for KCBS, will join us to talk about, uh, A, bringing us up to speed on some of the items that have already been put in place as far as promotions and uh, in-season contests with some of the big uh, companies out in the barbecue and grilling business, and some new ones as well that he's going to talk to us. So a jam-packed show, loaded, locked in, and uh, hopefully you're ready. Uh, uh, 877-448-0433, Greg at the BBQ Central Show. Let me remind you quickly again, if you are unable to listen to the show live through a smartphone application, through any type of internet, but you have a phone, it can be a cell phone, it can be a traditional landline, whatever the case may be, you can listen to the live show and then replays of the show during off hours. Thanks to the folks over at Zeno Radio. All you have to do is dial this number, 312-340-6760. That's 312 312- Three four zero six seven six zero. You will be able to enjoy the live show each and every Tuesday from nine to eleven. And then, if you're bored during the course of the day and you need your barbecue and grilling talk fix, you can just dial that number and you will hear the last six shows as it happens right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Network. So Zeno Radio three one two three four zero six seven six zero. Just another way to listen to the show because that's what it's all about. Well, maybe you've been following my Facebook page. I made a very brief note about the fact that uh, I had been beginning to see. Pick up the output. Oh, sorry, that's my bad right there. Um, what I wanted to say is I've been seeing on the outskirts that indeed. People were being congratulated. Uh, People were uh, sending congratulatory notes to other teams. There's one really specifically about getting on to season three of Barbecue Pitmasters. And I don't know necessarily if that should be happening at this point. Now, I cannot, here's what I can tell you definitively from top men in the industry. There is no official list that has been released as of right now. Now, I can tell you that there is a very distinct possibility that teams have been contacted about their uh, potential interest or letting them know that their tape has been considered and would you like to take part in the show or is this where you would like to back out or whatever the case may be. While those calls quite possibly have been made, I believe there's also part and parcel to that because there are other items that have not been secured through production and deals and all of this other stuff. Uh, That there is also some issues, or not necessarily issues per se, but you have a situation where, you know, once these people are notified, they aren't necessarily allowed to contractually to go out and say we made it or we didn't make it or whatever the case may be. And that is kind of where this whole thing starts to get in a little gray area because I believe if you're going out ahead of yourself and you're telling people that you have these things that you are uh, able to do, then 
you could be putting in your uh, your you could be putting yourself in a position where you might be getting that invitation uh, brought back. Ooh, ooh, we don't want that. So, while I'm sure that there have been calls made to teams letting them know that they should be ready or what some of these dates are, everything as a whole, production wise, there has everything has not been set in place yet. So be wary if you are a team that knows that you got in or you got a call. You probably want to keep that to yourself until you've been given full disclosure and full go-ahead to say, hey, I've been on it. But I can tell you with 100% assurity, I've checked in with John Marcus minutes before we went in live on the air. That's actually who I was emailing right before we hit air. And there is no definitive list because there are other items at work here. Again, not saying that there haven't been calls made. However, there is no definitive list that has been promoted, that has been given to me, that has been made available to anyone else. So if you are hearing that somebody made it, you might want to try and dial it back a little bit, or you you might want to say, hey, you guys, you might want to not be so overabundant in your promotion that you that you got on that you didn't get because you might be getting that invitation retracted a little bit and we certainly don't want that and again i don't have necessarily more information than anybody else but i was making the right emails and the right contacts in pr firms so i would have the most recent and most up-to-date information to pass along to you guys because look i can never tell what kind of a post is going to go off on my facebook page but we had over 25 posts or something like that just by me merely mentioning there wasn't an official list out. There's all sorts of conspiracy theories. The rumor mill is running amok. Uh, West Coast pork choppers uh, was touted to be already on there. You go to that Facebook page, it's completely blown up with congratulations and all that. All I can tell you assuredly and definitively, there is no official list that has been given out at this point in time on the 28th of February. And that's all I can say about that. So as soon as I know something, obviously it will hit my Facebook page. It'll hit my Twitter account. Whatever you follow me on social media, still not a lot on the Google Plus for some reason. I don't want to hate the Google Plus. Just haven't found it to be as enamoring as Facebook and Twitter in regards to the show. I'm not saying that it doesn't have its place. I'm not saying that at all, especially for the people that love the Google Plus. Just haven't seen it yet. Uh, Quickly... Competition results from last week. A winner Q saw Moo Cow winning. Dodge County Smokers third. JP Custom Smoke. A Butcher Barbecue fourth overall. Good job, Dave. And then at the Polar Bear Barbecue Challenge in Columbia, Missouri, True Bud, uh, they're a team that is actually really coming on very strong. Swine Assassin second. Tippy Canoe Barbecue Crew third place. So uh, a quick update in some of the big KCBS contest that took place this past weekend all right gang uh quickly let me remind you about draper's barbecue they are a third generation barbecue company located let me see if i can find him here here he is that was that's steve but here's draper's right there uh they are a company located in western kentucky between memphis and kansas city shane draper created a line of products that represent both cities as well as a flavor profile from his home Draper Smoking Sauce is a balanced blend of spices that marries savory, sweet, tangy, some heat into a flavor profile that is just at home on the competition trail as it is in your backyard. Now, Draper's Barbecue also has a versatile rub, simply known as AP Rub, 
The AP, short for all-purpose. It's got a balance of savory, salty, sweet, heat. Makes it a great flavor enhancer on any protein, but it can be used in a number of different ways, like French fries or salads, chicken wings. Your imagination, really, it's only limitation. So think outside the box. Try it on everything. Try it on popcorn, for crying out loud. Smoking sauce, AP rub, great on their own. We all know that. But designed to be used together, the dovetail of the two flavors make a completely different, complex profile that keep the judges thinking about your entry long after you've turned it in. Keep your neighbors thinking about how they're going to get a fourth and fifth and sixth piece of chicken thigh off the dinner table. Uh, You can find Draper's products at these locations, drapersbbq.com, bbqaddicts.com, bbqproshop.com, and a new provider. You know him, you love him, Hog Eyes. Now, if you know uh, Shane, you know he's on Facebook and Twitter. You can ask him questions all you want. And if you have a local store or a website, I guess, that you would like to have barbecue a Draper's Barbecue products in, just send Shane an email at info at draper'sbbq.com. They're always adding stores and new markets, and your tip could earning you to your tip could earn. Oh my lord, your tip could earn you some free swag from Shane himself. Just as Fred Neville, the guy that gave Shane the lead on Hog Eyes, so it really happens, folks. Now, of course, be on the lookout for the newest product called Mood Enhancer, specifically designed to go on brisket, tri-tip steaks, hamburgers. The rub has it covered. Mood Enhancer has very little sugar, so it does well in the low and slow, and it stands up to the hot and fast as well. Draper's Barbecue, when they say three generations of pride and flavor in a bottle, they mean it. And, of course, the newest outlet, Hog Eyes Barbecue. Find them on the Internet. They're a huge purveyor of barbecue and grilling supplies. Uh, Fred Neville gets free swag for that. We're coming back with Ted Reader right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. show 14 past the hour this portion being brought to you by the good folks i'm just saying stuff because i have it memorized i'm sorry joining me now is a regular contributor to the show he is of course a crowd favorite many have made the personal plea to me in person and through email that this next guest should run for president of these united states but of course that would be impossible we might be eating and drinking better than ever if that were the case but impossible nonetheless currently a 17 time author 2011 will mark, I'm sorry, 2012 will mark the release of books 18 and 19. The master planker himself, we race over to the hotline and pull up Ted Reader. Ted, how are you, bud? Pretty good there. How are you doing? I'm doing absolutely fabulous tonight. It's like you were under a veil of darkness over there in Canada. Is, is, is the power out over there? Well, it's, uh, you know, electricity costs a lot of money, so I'm just turning it down nice and easy tonight. Absolutely. We can try and, we can 
brighten things up a little bit here, I think. Yeah, the, you know, the uh, the centralites demand to see uh, top chefs in the industry like Ted Reeder, so whatever face that we can show out there, that, that looks very good. That's uh, something that's almost kind of ghost-like in a, in a fashion. Uh, Ted, I'm going to imagine that at some point the recipes we talk about tonight will involve some type of planking in some form or fashion. So if we could do kind of like this brief remedial course on planking and the general processes of doing it, and we can kind of build from there. All righty. Do you want me to turn some lights on in the background here? Uh, it's up to you. Seconds. All right. Yeah, two seconds to this. Let me play the Price is Right theme song. Whoa, there we go. Teddy! Oh, so much better. A star of stage and screen. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, remedial yeah. course on uh, planking. Absolutely. <laughs> I have fun every day, Greg. You know, it, it's a good life I lead. I do love my life. I do love barbecue. All right, so uh, Ted, if you could kind of give us this uh, brief remedial course on planking and the, I guess the benefits of it for the people that are just kind of, uh, maybe they don't know about you or maybe they're trying to think of other ways to infuse smoke flavor that don't have smokers. Well, planking is a hot, fast way of uh, smoking food. It's nice and simple. It's nice and easy. And if you don't have a smoker and you don't have the time to go super low and slow, you can infuse that that, that flavor of wood smoke into food with the use of, uh, of a plank, whether it be cedar or maple or oak or pecan or hickory. All things can be planked, uh, what, not just salmon. I've planked things from cheese to uh, to baking cookies and breads on there. I've made lasagna on a plank, spaghetti and meatballs on a plank, Twinkies on a plank, mashed potatoes, shrimp, scallops, uh, burgers, dogs, you name it. I've planked it. I've spanked that plank in and out and all around. <laughs> uh, now, Ted, let me ask you this. Um, for the people, and, and I'm glad you mentioned all of these other things that you can actually do with planking, because I think you're right. A lot of people will pigeonhole planking into uh, salmon or some type of fish. They don't go right off and think about Twinkies necessarily. Uh, so what's proper way of prepping that plank and you know, how many uses out of a plank can you get some information like that? Uh, philosophy on planks. Uh, one, soak minimum one hour in, uh, in cold water. That will keep the plank from igniting immediately as it goes onto a hot grill, whether it be gas or a charcoal grill. Uh, two, you're going to want to make sure that those planks aren't too thick. Uh, if you're doing a big piece of meat like a prime rib on a plank, you're going to want a board that's about an inch thick. But on average, uh, uh, you know, five-eighths of an inch or half an inch is just perfect thickness. Uh, to do things like burgers and mashed potatoes and, and, and crab cakes, if you wish. And then if you want to get into the specialty things, you know, building a box is a separate, is a separate entity uh, of that world of, of plank smoking. But um, And uses, I always say it this way, you get two uses out of a plank, once on your grill and once in your fireplace. So never waste the wood. <laughs> Use it as kindling to start the big bonfire or to fire up your smoker or your rig. Now, because you are known as the plank master or the master planker, is this a way of cooking that you kind of discovered yourself? Did you learn it from somebody, or is it something that you were taught growing up to use as a, a way to impart wood smoke into the food you're cooking? It, it, it a little bit of both. It was uh, some family heritage through, uh, through my, my father being an East Coaster. But planking traditionally started on the West Coast of uh, the Pacific Northwest in Canada and the United States uh, through the Haida Indians, and they would take 
whole fish and strap it between boards of cedar or alderwood and throw it into a hot smoldering fire and smoke that uh, that that fish um, one of my old chefs put it on as a special once and this this would go back into the the early 80s and he did a plank salmon recipe but he baked it in the oven and I just sort of started to adapt it and modify it uh, back in the early 90s and then really uh, started to push from there and realized that you could do more than just uh, cook on a board just salmon. That you could cook anything you wanted to if you used your imagination and thought outside the box. I uh, countersink holes into planks and I call it the holy plank. <laughs> so you can infuse liquids and, and hold moisture in that plank as it steams. Or you can fill those reservoirs with butter and do escargot in a plank. I build boxes out of planks for baking cakes or making lasagnas or, or rigatoni mixed with a meat sauce or anything you want, uh, right down to a quiche if you do, if you do dare. Um, there's really, there's nothing, you know, you can, you can put legs on planks and stand them around a, a fire pit. You can, you can uh, well, I built a, a chili box so that you could smoke uh, jalapeno peppers that were stuffed. You really, you can do anything you want. It's just use your imagination and have some fun. Take it easy. If you don't have the time to get into smoking, and, and I had my smokers fired up today. I smoked some whitefish for my uh, father-in-law, and it came out absolutely delicious. There is nothing better than doing it old school, low and slow, tend the fire and let her go. But uh, sometimes if you're in a hurry, planking will give you a great flavor, and it is a hot, fast way of smoking food. Ted Reader joining us here on the show. The website, by the way, if you want to check him out, you can buy all these books. He's got books dedicated to planking with all these recipes. TedReader.com is the website. Uh, Ted, I'm sure you probably know, you know, for a lot of people, Lent started almost a week ago, uh, just past Wednesday. Typically, meat given up on Fridays. Do you have any Lenten-style barbecue or grilling recipes that you could share with us tonight that would help us through these next 33 days or so? 33 days of Lent first right. get yourself a bottle of Jack and just go, live that way and say forget about Absolutely. it uh, bring it on there, baby <laughs> there's no Lent in my world it, it, it's really it's Friday night I'm eating what I feel like eating if it's a big thick juicy steak that's what it's going to be done over the open fire if, uh, if I feel like smoking some ribs that's what I'll have I believe you should get out there and cook the, the purpose for me as a barbecue guy is not to to go and compete, but it's to inspire everybody. I want you to get out there and fire up a grill or a smoker, and it doesn't matter if it's a gas grill or a, a tiny little charcoal hibachi or if it's the biggest rig you can afford. It's about getting in that backyard with your friends, with your family, and cooking delicious food and having fun. There's no rules. It's just about tastiness. All right, Ted, so there's a lot of folks who listen to this show just kind of getting into barbecue and grilling. People ask me the question all the time, what are these most essential tools that I need in order to get started on the right foot? I'm sure you get that question 50 times, 100 times a day, especially when you're doing classes and all these other public appearances. What are your go-to list of items for people? Well, number one, first thing, if you're planning on grilling or smoking, you're going to need a grill or a smoker. And so when you're looking for those, create a budget, do some research, and find something that's going to fit your style. You don't need to go outside the box too much, but starting off, always looking, look for something simple and easy so that you can start off and learn and get hooked and then build from there. But from a day-to-day -day accessory, I live by a really solid French knife, 
a really great pair of tongs. I use a, a nine-inch chef tong, standard ones, but they're heavy duty. They don't they don't break. I have beautiful spatulas that have been custom made by a, by a blacksmith for me, and uh, those I use for for getting underneath fish on the grill. Something that needs a little bit something a little more delicate. Uh, I like an injector. I think a grill brush is a very important accessory for keeping your grill clean, and. Uh, Definitely uh, this year, 2012, my number one favorite barbecue accessory will be a bottle of beer or a six-pack. One of the best accessories ever known to man. So, Ted, let's build on that a little bit. It's been undeniably mild here in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city this year, but typically this is a cold season for us right now. Uh, Same for you guys up there in Canada. What kind of you know simple grilling tips can you give people to make them most efficient when we actually go outside to brave those elements? Uh, number one is make sure that if you're using a propane tank, uh, that the propane tank is full. That gives you better heat, especially in the cold. Uh, natural gas is nice and simple and easy to use. Charcoal, you'll use more charcoal in the wintertime than you would in the summertime but it gets hot and it stays hot. You'll find that you'll do more indirect cooking or lid closed cooking in the winter time. And really it's long johns, a toque, and some warm gloves and get your butt out there. Know that you've got a, maybe a heater in your garage or a nice bottle of cognac that'll keep your belly nice and warm. And really it's just about having some fun. Okay. And, and, and not to worry about it. You know, today it was in the 50s out there. I was out there smoking away, having a good time. Yeah, I was stuck at work. Yesterday as well. Would have been one of the best days ever to get. I mean, who would have thought that, you know, out of the three days of snow we've had all winter, I mean, this has really been one of the mildest winters on record and been able to do considerable more long, longer cooks. I don't have any problem getting out there doing it hot and fast when it's cold out. I don't care about that. But doing the longer cooks and enjoying some of this warm weather has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, Ted, I know we have a couple books that are coming out this year for you. Do you have any projected release dates? Uh, we are looking mid-April is the Complete Idiot's Guide to Smoking Food that's going to come out across North America. And then um, it's part of that Idiot series. And then in uh, May, we will have uh, the release of my new book, Beerlicious, which is all about beer and barbecue. 101 recipes off the grill or off the smoker with 101 different beers. That sounds like a winner to me. <laughs> it's, well, there's 100, 101 recipes and easily 250 photos in this book. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's all about beer and barbecue. Um, my two favorite things, it's the, the art of grilling and chilling and sitting back in your backyard and going, man, this is the life. Every day I get up and I live barbecue. From the time I get up in the morning to the time I go to bed, I'm, I'm breathing it, I'm, I'm, I'm preparing it, I'm cooking it, and I love this business. And it doesn't matter if you're grilling a hot dog or you're smoking a pork shoulder. It's all about making it the best that you can every time you do it. Why have crappy food? Crappy barbecue is not for good people. Too, too short for crappy barbecue. Stuff. That's right. Uh, wise That's lady it. once told me in Canada that life is too short for bad barbecue. Ted Reeder joining that us here on the show. Ted, I'm sure you've heard that Barbecue Pitmaster Season 3, there's going to be a new season. A lot of people were getting audition tapes out. Lots of rumors speculating now as far as teams that have made it on. Uh, I guess a couple-part question. Are you excited that it's back on the air? Did you bother trying out? And do you think that because of your culinary wiles and your background, you would have a better shot than most at winning this particular show? 
Wow. Um, I won't make any predictions. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing season three come out. No, I didn't audition for it. Would love to, but uh, I've got quite a busy 2012 this year. I don't know where I'd fit it in. Um, we've got a crazy season coming up, and I think that you know it doesn't matter who you are, whether you be be Myron Mixon or you're going to be just that that new the newbie out there that's starting off in barbecue. The act of just trying it and doing it. I believe that life is is short, and we should be nice, and we should be flavorful, and that's really all that matters. I wish all the competitors good luck. Anybody I see, I say good luck. I hope you win. Um, I don't really have a bad bone in my body. I just like everybody to be happy, man. Yeah, one of the nicest guys ever, Ted Reader, no doubt about it. Uh, Ted, I'm going to change gears completely on this, and I wanted to to get your take on this before I let you go. You know, very recently, Paula Dean had come out, revealed she had type 2 diabetes. Now, she had had it for, I think, the past three years. So, you know, I mean, you're a cook, you're on television, you have a lot of cookbooks, you know, similar, uh, maybe not to the extent of fame, that, but, you know, a similar drive that you have. Do you think that she dropped the ball on this? And I guess what I mean is, do you think that because of her status, the existing fan base, that she might have owed it to her public to announce it right away and then talked about how she is now going to encourage a healthier lifestyle, maybe better eating, but that her show on Food Network was still going to be a Southern comfort food-themed show and should have all of that had been addressed three years ago instead of just a handful of weeks ago? I, I think there's, there's two different levels. Um, one, I think that uh, Paula Dean is a food entertainer, and her job is to entertain with food, as is my job. And whether I'm right and wrong in saying this, I, I think uh, her medical condition is a private issue, mm-hmm. and that she should have she kept it as private as long as she could. Um, you know, I'm a big guy. Could I have type two diabetes? Maybe I do. I have a lot of friends that have uh, have that uh, disease, and uh, it is something not to laugh about, but it is also something that within your own family and your own personal life that you have to deal with first before you can just go out there and say, hey, you know, some people say, well, maybe, you know, three years was a long time. It is what it is. I look at Paula Dean. she gets out there and she cooks crazy stuff. I do the same thing. It's not what I profess to eat every day. I want you to get out there and cook. And if I can get you excited about a dish, whether it be a little bit off the wall and crazy, I just want you in your backyard cooking. It's your lifestyle to determine what you're going to put in your mouth and how much you're going to put in your mouth. And you have to use your brain. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's you know, at some point you have to be accountable for yourself. And we can't blame Paula for not telling us. And we, we can't blame Paula, Paula for saying that that all her food would make America fat. There's a lot of chefs out there that make crazy stuff. We do it to entertain. We want you to get excited about the food and we want you to cook. Cook to what you need to cook and create recipes for yourself. That's all I got to say about that. All right, so Ted, and you kind of uh, helped me dovetail into this nicely. For the people that might want to mix a little more health into the menu, and you just kind of said yourself, it's not something that you eat every day. You know, what you see in your cookbooks and, you know, all these other you know, cooking shows that you, that's not how you eat every single day for three meals a day. What are some of the tips that people might be able to do to mix a little healthier into their menu without doing these big wholesale changes using words like diet and all that other stuff? Yeah. 
Diet. Do you know what that spells? Failure. Die. <laughs> exactly. The words of diet are die. Okay? <laughs> and, and so I don't believe in diet. I believe in eating well. Um, have yourself a salad. Eat some vegetables. I had grilled chicken for dinner tonight. And as well, on top of that, uh, I, I had – so we had grilled chicken and I had uh, steamed asparagus and broccoli and a big-ass salad. That was a healthy dinner for me. You don't, you know, incorporate vegetables, whether they're going to be grilled or whether they're going to be steamed. But you don't have to load everything up with the butter and the cheese and the fats all the time. Take it easy. And yes, I'm saying this. And I know there's people out there that are probably falling off their stools <laughs> listening to this out of my mouth. But the bottom line is, um, really, you know, just slow it down and, and enjoy all foods. I like everything except for those tiny little things called Brussels sprouts, those horrible sour golf balls. Worst things ever. <laughs> but, um, you know, it really, it, it's, it's, you, you need to eat in moderation. If, if I can quote Woody Harrelson from the movie Friends with Benefits, if you're fat, stop eating and you want to lose weight, right? That's it. You know, I'm a big guy. If I want to lose weight, really, I should stop eating. Um, but I love food, so I have to, you know, and I have lost weight, so you have to go in moderation. You have to slow it down a little. We can't run this engine on full speed forever. It's about to tick off and call it a day. Absolutely. Ted Reeder, a multiple-time author, got a couple new books coming out this year, a barbecue grilling expert and a regular contributor to this show, which we always appreciate and adore. Teddy, thanks for coming on tonight. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, Greg. Hello to everybody, and just get out there and cook something. Low and slow, hot and fast, just make it tasty. There he is, Cheers. Ted Reader. Talk to you later, buddy. Joining us from the great white north. Love Ted, man. Always bringing great takes to the show. And I think his take on Paula Dean uh, almost identical to mine. And I guess where the, the big tipping point is, of course, that she waited and uh, was able to sign deals with pharmaceutical companies. And did she get it uh, for a cash grab, whatever the case may be. My point is this. If you are a fan and you follow her recipes, <laughs> it doesn't take a lot to put two and two together to realize if you're going to eat like that all the time, you are going to get type 2 diabetes. And it's going to be very bad because you're going to be fat just the way it is. These are things that happen during the course of uh, life. you got to make uh, good changes. Good changes. Come on. Let's do it. Let's do it together. All right, we're going to get to Joe Haynes coming up here next segment. Before I do that, let's do a quick public service message from, let me pull him up. Where is he? This guy, Stephen DeFranco. Steve is a barbecue brother, and look, he understands about these barbecue junkies, and he's got some suggestions, because being married to a barbecue maniac can be trying. Think about all the nonsense a barbecue wife or girlfriend has to put up with. Here's just a few examples of why buying her an anniversary ring from Steve and DeFranco Jewelers might be the best idea ever, maybe until next week. For instance, number one, you're always making a huge mess in the kitchen, and of course, you don't clean up, do you? No, you don't. Be honest with yourself. You're not a cleaner-upper. You're just a mess-maker. This includes dirty barbecue utensils in the sink and the dishwasher. Of course, all you think about is barbecue, books, TV shows, websites. You're auditioning for Season 3 of Barbecue Pitmaster. You're leaving sticky barbecue sauce on the cabinet doors, in the silverware drawers, on the kitchen table, on the chairs, on the car, on the dog, for crying out loud. 
You know, to you, your clothes smell great when they're covered in barbecue smoke. To your significant other, your clothes stink. Exactly how many years has she put up with this, guys? Let's be honest. You're always filling the refrigerator with meat that you want to cook. The spice cabinet is full of jars of rubs that are half opened, maybe never opened, maybe once opened and just discarded. What are we doing here, folks? Let's be honest with ourselves. You know, when was the last time you bought her a new piece of jewelry? You probably can't even remember, and that's what's terrible. Look, call Steve at Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. He can help you out. Heck, he has to get himself out of trouble with his wife because he himself is a barbecue act. Now, whether you participate in competition barbecue or you just like having fun, taking care of your wife or girlfriend by showing them how much you love her with a beautiful diamond anniversary ring from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is just the ticket for allowing you to continue to mess up the kitchen with all your barbecue insanity. Now, you're probably thinking that treating her to a new anniversary ring will break the bank and ruin your plans for that great jambo pit, right? No, 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 no. The diamond anniversary rings at Stephen DeFranco Jewelers started under $500. Not only does Steve stock great quality, but if you go to stephendefranco.com, you can see lots of great settings and diamonds. And here's how it works. You go to stephendefranco.com and you pick out the diamond anniversary ring that you like. Then you call 440-943-2700. That's 440-943-2700. You tell him you're a barbecue brother or sister. He'll give you an additional $50 off the already discounted price to help pay for taking your wonderful wife out to a non-barbecue dinner. As always, Steve will ship the ring to you for free. StephenDeFranco.com, 943-2700 with an area code of 440. We're coming back with Joe Haynes right after this. Stick around. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, Moonshine Band, Suburban All right, welcome back to the show. About uh, 20 minutes till the top of the hour. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com are the two ways to get in touch with the show. Uh, we got Matt Sprouls coming up in the second hour. We have Mike McLeod coming up in the second hour. But let's go ahead and change it up a bit. My next guest is a certified barbecue judge for KCBS. Currently in the process of getting his master certification. He'll be trying his hand at competing this year, too. So let's go ahead and welcome to the show first-timer Joe Haynes joining us here. Joe, how are you, bud? I'm doing great, Greg. How's it going? Oh, absolutely fantastic, Joe. Appreciate you making time for the show tonight. Uh, lots of different things that we can get into. Very excited because, you know, if you're a fan of the show, if anybody's listening, I have some of the top pit masters out there all the time. Big wins this past week, and we're going to have Matt Sprouse coming on the second hour. But rarely do I have the guy that's on the other side, the guy that's in a tent somewhere that the cooks are always bitching about, and this judge cost me this, and this judge caught me that. And you just happen to be one of those guys. You're a CBJ. You're looking to get into the master certification process of that as well. And, of course, you've taken this great trip to Texas that we're going to be talking about during our time together. So as a judge, let's take that part first, Joe, if you don't mind. Sure. What, how long have you been a uh, CBJ? Uh, a little over two years. All right, two years. And, uh, like, what yep. what inspires you to get into it? Why would you want to be a judge of barbecue aside from just eating great barbecue? 
Yeah, well, uh, the the real thing that got me interested in it was um, uh, what to spend on on this hobby. I'm a bit of a buff at it right now, and uh, so I figured, well, I'd love to get around barbecue competitions. I've been, you know. Uh, involved with cooking barbecue for for many many years. Back when I was in high school, I got started cooking. I worked for a local barbecue joint, and that's where I kind of got the bug from it. But uh, as far as being a CBJ, I figured this would be a great way to uh, be able to participate in competitions, meet a bunch of uh, great folks, and uh, that's really. Uh, also, I wanted to learn, you know, uh, and what constitutes great barbecue. Are you somebody that has been around barbecue all their lives? You, I mean, you like it, or is this something that you just decided to pick up at this point? No, I've been probably ago. I got back uh, when I was in high school. I worked at uh, this local barbecue joint for about just about three years, and I left. Uh, I had to leave that job when I started college. So between there and probably two thousand five, uh, my barbecue. Uh, in my uh, gas grill. <laughs> and about 2005-ish, I got a real barbecue smoker. And unfortunately, since then, I probably have far many, far too many uh, barbecue smokers than I need. And in fact, my wife reminds me of that all the time. <laughs> hey, absolutely. Nowadays. It's a, one, of the, one of the common pitfalls of barbecue. Uh, Joe Hannon is <laughs> joining us here on the show. ocbarbecue.blogspot.com is his website that he has up and running if you want to go check it out. Uh, Joe, you know, you started a couple of years ago judging. How have you seen flavor profiles change, if at all? Um, I know there's been a lot of talk of the overly sweet flavor profiles, the blues hog, uh, the, the smoke and guns rub, all this stuff. Have you started to see it trend at all? I mean, I'm hearing very small bits and pieces that judges might be starting to prefer a more savory profile. How are you seeing it currently? Uh, you dropped that on me, you know, Greg. But um, um, as far as the flav- flavor profile goes around here in the competitions that I judge, Maryland, West Virginia, and Pennsylvania mainly, um, the uh, some of the meats the judges still like pretty sweet. Uh, but then you get things like brisket and uh, pork um, and chicken. Uh, probably sweet is going to be. Uh, not going to be the best way to go from my experience. And I sit around these judges' tables. I either judge judges on what they're thinking after after we've judged a, a round of meat, and I want to hear their opinions of it. And um, uh, really, you know, the most important thing, if you cook a piece of barbecue for a barbecue competition, you have to be able to taste the meat. Uh, and anything you put on it has to highlight the flavor of the meat. Uh, can't tell you how many how many ribs I've bitten into that uh, you taste this sweet, intense sauce, and as soon as you swallow the sauce, you, you're chewing on this meat that has no flavor practically whatsoever. So you, you really need to, t- to be able to taste the meat. Uh, the same with chicken and certainly the same with brisket. I mean, it's, it's very easy to cook a very bad brisket, <laughs> and uh, by far, meat that most teams struggle with, uh, in, in my experience anyway, has been brisket. Do you find that chicken is still one of the most over-the-board categories as you are judging competitions, or, or is it perhaps even a different category? I'm sorry, what was that? I said, do you, do you find, because it seems like a lot of teams have a struggle with consistent chicken. It's good one week, it's not bad, or it's bad another week, and then it's good again. Do you find that when you're sampling chicken at a competition, it is all over the board? 
Um, chicken, I'll tell you, um, chicken is not necessarily, there, there isn't a really broad spectrum of really bad chicken and really good chicken in the competitions that I've judged, uh, which right now is about 17 or 18 competitions. Um, the, the, the big swing in quality really is in brisket. Um, now, as far as chicken, I've had raw chicken. Uh, and I've had chicken that was, you know, extremely overcooked. But those are the extremes and the exceptions. It's probably not good to have raw chicken to a judge, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that get, that gets you uh, disqualified right off the bat. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, I wasn't about to put it in my mouth, and so they had to just. <laughs> Uh, Joe Haynes joining us here on the show. Uh, Joe, you've taken recently a what I what I would call the Texas barbecue tour bucket list, where you hit up a, a number of you know revered historical barbecue joints. How did the trip come about? What were some of the places that you hit, and, and what did you feel overall about that whole Texas trip? Okay, well, the trip came about when uh, actually a business trip. My uh, company that I work for was sending me out to Austin. And I was like, boy, this finally a place that I'm really. <laughs> and uh, so anyhow, it worked out to where I would have uh, nights off and uh, all day Saturday. So I um, pulled out, you know, went, went to went to the Internet, looked up the websites, all these places, got their addresses, went to MapQuest and, and, and figured out a route that I could hit as many places as possible in the limited amount of time that I had. So at that point, being in Austin, um, excuse me, during the weeknights, I went to the places there in Austin, right? It was um, uh, Lambert's, Franklin, Jay Mueller's. And uh, Friday night, I actually got out to, uh, I got to Franklin Friday morning for lunch. I got to the Salt Lake on Friday night. Mm. Then Saturday, we got up early. Um, headed uh, southeast down to Lexington to Snows. From Snows, we headed back west over to Lockhart, and that's where we got in uh, uh, Smitty's Market, Crate's Market, and Black's Barbecue. And then on the way back that after that evening, we went to Ironworks in Austin. So got to hit up a lot of the places. And as far as overall, it was one of the greatest trips that I've been on. I got to meet uh, the folks that, uh, that that work and run these places, and uh, they, they gave areas and it was just an absolutely great trip uh just just uh, a dream trip actually it was awesome all right joe so being a kcbs certified barbecue judge when you are tasting these meats i'm sure your palate is a little bit more refined you're chewing it obviously with excitement because these are some of the most historical barbecue places, especially down in texas but I have to imagine as you're putting the, the food in your mouth, you're taking a little bit more time. You're trying to see where the texture, the taste, the tenderness is, just like it would be a competition. Did any of those particular restaurants that you mentioned stand out head and shoulders, one over the other? Well, um, a couple of them did. Um, in fact, as I uh, sampled the meats, and we ate at so many places on Saturday, that's basically all I did was sample. Um, I did take on my iPhone of the, the flavors, the tenderness, the, the appearance of the meats. 
One thing about Central Texas, they, they really don't cook pulled pork. The pork they cook there is is basically sliced pork. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when it came to the ribs and the pork, I knew I wasn't going to get anything like competition style. Uh, the seasonings that they use, generally speaking, at those restaurants are very simple. Uh, you know, salt, pepper, maybe a little bit of cayenne pepper. Um, but I'm uh, going to get a whole lot. However, the the... The great thing about the pork, uh, besides the the pork, you know, shoulder being sliced, <laughs> which in Virginia we do pulled, yep. uh, is it was actually cooked much like the way uh, we used to cook pork at the uh, old restaurant that I used to work at, and uh, we would use uh, no seasoning at all. And the way, especially at Snow's Barbecue, the way they cooked their ribs and the way they cooked their pork, um, uh, it was just it just had this delicious natural bark on it really great. As far as the close barbecue that I got uh, or the barbecue that I ate that was the closest to competition style uh, was Franklin uh, Barbecue's brisket. Uh, that brisket was just superb. It was tender. It was juicy. You bite into it and it's just this rich beef taste, uh, uh, tenderness. It was just absolutely delicious. But they like what you get out of competition. Did you – go Go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, and, and, and speaking of that, you know, I mean, I, I feel that there are essentially uh, three, fundamentally three types of barbecue. There's restaurant competition barbecue. And, and frankly, uh, <laughs> backyard barbecue can be the best barbecue you've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to restaurant barbecue, uh, most of the places there in Texas f- for restaurant, that meat that they served was hit above many, many other barbecue places that I've ever eaten at. Uh, competition barbecue is kind of an oddball. Uh, it's an odd man out. You know, there's so much attention and care put into that meat, and it's so rich. Um, it's just uh, it's just kind of its own thing, I believe. Did you end up doing like a, an overall score sheet for each individual restaurant, and is that something that's going to make it up onto the website at some point? Well, um, the, I do have uh, an article that's being published by the Smoke Signals magazine where I do go into that a little bit. Uh, but essentially, um, uh, I'll rank uh, each restaurant. And, and actually, uh, I felt had the best uh, meat. Um, uh, they, they each had their own speciality. Uh, nobody, for example, when it came to brisket, uh, although the others were really good, None of them could compare to what Franklin was serving, at least the day I was there. It was just absolutely superb. Uh, and, and then I have a listing for, you know, what I felt was best at Snow's, what I felt was best at Kreitz, you know, and certainly at Smitty's. Uh, and I tell you, one of the greatest things about Smitty's is that barbecue pit in that place. It was just absolutely magnificent. <laughs> just loved that place. <laughs> Joe Haynes joining us here on the show. Uh, OCBarbecue.blogspot.com is the website. Joe, before I let you go, we've got a couple minutes left. You, you kind of uh, did a little digging as far as Virginia and some of the barbecue roots and some interesting facts, including barbecue pits. What can you tell us about that? Uh, I'm sorry, Greg, you dropped out. What I'm was sorry. The uh, yeah, the, uh, you had done some interesting research in regards to Virginia barbecue oh. and some uh, barbecue pits in Montpelier and all that good stuff. Okay, I got you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, um, 
Uh, I live out in uh, central Virginia, and uh, a few miles uh, west of me is Montpelier, James Madison's home. Um, out there, uh, the archaeologist, the, the chief archaeologist is Matt Reeves, uh, and uh, they they actually, doing some excavating on the south lawn of Montpelier, they dug up a uh, barbecue pit that was uh, used uh, before the Civil War back in the early 1800s when James Madison lived there at Montpelier. Uh, it was near the slave quarters uh, on the property, and um, it's really extremely fascinating. Um, it, uh, they actually found, you know, uh, uh, bones of various types of animals animals or whatever that, that obviously were being cooked there. Um, and I just found it to be completely fascinating. And so it, it got me to reading up a little bit more on, on uh, some history of Virginia barbecue, uh, barbecue the institution. He talks a lot about Virginia barbecue and the history of Virginia barbecue. But I felt that there that I needed to do a lot more working. So, uh, I work on the subject. Now I'm not a I'm not a historian. I'm a buff. So uh, there's nothing you know that's gonna you know gonna have any kind of PhD authority behind it. However, around in the some, the libraries down at University of Virginia and uh, digging through some old newspapers, I found some extremely fascinating bits of information. Uh, for example, uh, Virginia believe news articles from around the country during the uh, 19th century. Virginia was famous for its barbecue uh, at one time, and uh, there were even places in other states that advertised that they sold Virginia-style barbecue. So uh, what, I, what I feel is that um, uh, there's a there's a real heritage there that Virginians have uh, for Virginia and uh, uh, for, Virginia, for Virginia barbecue, and I want up and tell that story. Um, I also found a lot of information uh, on uh, cooks, barbecue cooks in Virginia uh, during the uh, 18th and 19th. It's either going to be published on my blog or it's going to be published in another uh, magazine article or both at some point in the as well as some information on the interview that I had with uh, Matt Reeves down at uh, Montpelier. So I think it's uh, very exciting. Absolutely. Joe Haynes joining us here on the show. He is a CBJ for KCBS working on getting that master's certification. And, of course, he's going to be trying his hand at competition in May. Joe, uh, certainly appreciate you taking time out. Good luck in May, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Greg. Have a good one. All right. Take care. There he is. Joe Haynes. Again, his website, by the way, if you want to check him out, is ocbarbecue.blogspot.com. So some nice uh, history lessons there. Apologize for a little bit of audio drop. I'm going to guess he was probably on a Wi-Fi signal. Got a hard wire in, if possible. Wires are becoming, like, obsolete all of a sudden. That's why I continue to say that I'm not going to go out and do a show somewhere else on remote without hard wire in. All right, let me find my next advertiser. You know him. Am I right? Yes. Butcher Barbecue. That's right. Dave Bosca. Again, uh, he was uh, a fourth overall this past weekend. Well, how does he do it? It is no surprise that, to me at least, that Dave is using products that help raise the level of his barbecue. Look, I'm continually thinking to myself, we're going to be having people over and they want to have me cook for them. I get a little pressure in my stomach. My mind starts racing. I got to figure out what am I going to do different this time that is going to raise the level of my barbecue up even higher where people are going to be talking about it, potentially putting myself in a situation where even more people will want to come over and eat my barbecue. Dave does the same thing constantly thinking of new ways to enhance the products offering portfolio that he has. 
to make sure that his rubs and sauces are only of the highest quality and caliber so that when you decide to use them, like me, in your backyard, serving them to guests, that it is going to be one of the most mind-blowing experiences that they have, that the rubs and that the sauces are going to meld well and blend well. Consistency, 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 right? The flavor profiles are some of the most important things that need to take place, aside from knowing how to cook the food right. But once you have that ironed out, flavor profiles are next. Learn how to cook the food first. Flavor, flavor profiles next, and that's where Dave Bosca and Butcher's Barbecue products come in. The rubs, the sauces, the beef injections, the marinades. It's one of those easy things to do. You visit ButcherBBQ.com. You peruse what he has on sale. And then you just add it to the cart. And here's something that's even better. Right now, Butcher Barbecue has worked out a deal with the United States Postal Service on priority shipping for all domestic packages. Now, all cost will be set at a flat rate. Orders that are $55 or less ship to you for 7 bucks. Anything more than that is $9. It's just another way to trust your butcher. Of course, Dave, always open to questions. You can email him. You can contact him. He's one of the top teams competing out there in the circuit. He finished third overall for KCBS Team of the Year last year. That his proof is in the pudding. Forget about all these products that you're seeing out there. We win with this. We win with that. Go with the stuff that's tried and true. That's why I like to endorse the products that are on this show because they're winning. They're helping people in the backyard step up their game. And believe it or not, if you take the time to go to ButcherBBQ.com, you will be able to join the fold here. Be a backyard warrior like me who is happier for using the products or the competition guys on the trail using Butcher Barbecue. ButcherBBQ.com. We're going to wrap the first hour up right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. We're coming up on four minutes past the top of the uh four minutes till the top of the hour. Thanks to Joe Haynes. OCBarbecue.blogspot.com. That's a blog. Hence the name Blogspot, right? Uh, hopefully the people that uh, were able to snag some of the JP Custom Smoke Rub samples got those. Some of them were mailed out a little bit later, but I believe everybody is now accounted for in those. So use them. Give me the feedback, good or bad. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I didn't make it. And uh, let me know what you think about it. Let me know uh, what it goes well on, and I'll be more than happy to pass that feedback uh, back to John, who uh, actually did well this past weekend also. So uh, a lot of people that are uh, getting on with the show are doing very well in competition. Uh, no surprise that people that are uh, affiliating themselves with the show are also somehow getting side karma. It's one of those things that works all the time. In fact, it never doesn't work. It's one of those things that are guaranteed. You see, uh, you know, the Guru and Butcher Barbecue and Stephen DeFranco and Barbecuer's Delight and Fred's Music and Barbecue and Shane Draper experiencing fabulous success all up and down the board uh, because it's karma of the show, baby. It just never fails. Again, thanks to my first hour guests, Joe Haynes and Ted Reader as well. No Lent for him. Sorry. No Lent for Ted. Sorry, no uh, Lenten recipes. You're going to have to figure that out for yourself. Just go to the fish fries that are at all the churches and so forth. Eat healthy, enjoy life, as Ted said. 
All right, we're going to come back with the second hour. Don't forget, coming up at 1014, we have Matt Sprouls from Motley Q Crew Barbecue Team. And then we have, at 1035, Mike McLeod, President and CEO of MMA Creative, the marketing partner for KCBS. So we'll talk uh, a bunch of stuff in the second hour. Plus your phone calls and emails, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono, it's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish, what? We ate 50 before wieners. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> you could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere with junior, senior, and diva. Sounds like a whole other type of movie. <laughs> wow. Yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Ooh. Top men. Just like that, we're in the second hour. There we go. Quickly again, thanks to Joe Haynes and Ted Reeder for coming on. I always love enjoy talking with Ted because you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. Well, I mean, I think we can agree on some things. And we're talking with Ted. Uh, something that has to do with drinking beer is going to be coming out of his mouth, absolutely. And typically, although I didn't hear it too many times, maybe not even one time, Usually he's talking about Jack Daniels as well. I believe he's sponsored by Jack Daniels, but who doesn't want to mention that? Uh, I'm more of a bourbon guy myself, and, you know, it's all personal preference. Maybe you're not a bourbon guy. I am. like it a lot. like to have some right now, but I'm not going to keep it professional. Uh, Matt Sproul is coming up in about 13 minutes from now, and then we have Mike McLeod, who is the president and CEO of MMA. Quick reset. We talked with Ted Reader uh, at nine fourteen. We went over some barbecue utensils that are imperative to the new person looking to get in. He did say that you're going to need a grill or smoker if you don't have a grill or smoker. I mean, kind of common sense, but perhaps people don't take that into account. They're just going to buy charcoal and tongs and build a pile of charcoal in their yard and cook that way. Who knows? So. That was question number one or two, and then we uh, talked about some of the books that he's got coming up here this year, which is fabulous. That'll make book 18 and 19. We also talked with Joe Haynes a little bit later in the hour, and he had a huge trip out to Texas. Probably many of us would love to go on a similar trip to get some of that real Texas barbecue flavor and experience. Well known for brisket out there. So... Got to say I'm a little jealous there. And, of course, learning a little bit of history out there in the great. Now, maybe you didn't know this. Virginia is a commonwealth. That's right. Now, if you can name the other commonwealths 
that are in the United States of America's, you might be in for a prize. I happen to know, let me see if I can remember these. There is the Commonwealth of that and the Commonwealth of there and the Commonwealth of this and the common. There are four. There are four. Well, that's no fair. They got to all be done. Well, you just can't name them uh, one at a time there, Wayner. Between Wayne and Patrick, you get them all, but no prize. Sorry, no prize. All four. Patrick, you probably didn't realize that Kentucky is a commonwealth. Most people uh, forget that Pennsylvania. Uh, Pennsylvania is a commonwealth. I'm sorry. Um, that's right. There are, there are five. There, wait a second. New Jersey is not a commonwealth. Hold on a second here. New Jersey is not a commonwealth. Uh, Virginia is a commonwealth. Pennsylvania, Kentucky. Uh, Virginia, commonwealth. And Massachusetts. Most people don't realize that Pennsylvania is the Commonwealth. I always forget that one. All right. That's for Matt. Let me uh, diverge a little bit here for the 10 o'clock take. If you've been watching CNN, if you've been watching any, whether it be probably local news, wherever you are at this point, or a lot of the, the news, 24-hour uh, news channels, uh, you realize that uh, mere 20 minutes away from where I am sitting right here in Euclid, Ohio, which is a eastern suburb of Cleveland. I know I say I'm, I'm here from Cleveland, but just to give you more of an exact uh, detail of where I'm at, 10 minutes due east outside of downtown Cleveland. And then 20 minutes farther east and south from me is a little city called Chardon, Ohio. And if you're watching the news, you've probably heard that there was a school shooting yesterday morning where three, five students were shot. Three of them have subsequently passed away over the last 24 hours. Uh, one has been released, one's still in the hospital. And we're living in a day and age now where things have changed. 15 years ago, the chances or the likelihood that you would hear a student going into a high school or a middle school and shooting up the place would be unheard of. It would absolutely be unheard of. And here's what I think. There is a lot of, you know, every school year, my kids go to school, and I got young kids too, you know, 10, 9, 6, so very little still. But there is a huge movement going on in all schools, whether it be public, whether it be private, to get out this bullying that is going on in schools. So there's a lot of bullying that's going on, well-documented years and years and years of bullying. But now you know, kids are going into schools and they're having to sign documents saying, I'm not going to bully anybody. And if anybody is bullying somebody, then we're going to tell an adult or we're going to tell a teacher. But I think what we have to all remember are, are these few things, just like anything else, like racism, like hatred. You know, bullying isn't something that the kid just picks up. This is something that's learned. They're getting bullied at home, maybe, and as an outlet, they're going back to school. They're trying to figure out who they can get over on, and now they're going to start to bully to release some of those feelings. Or maybe they're getting bullied at school, and maybe that kid is also getting abused in some form or fashion at home, and they have no other way of figuring out what they can do to release this. So they get depressed and they get mania and they're starting to write dark poetry and they're, they're trying to find some type of escape, but the kids are now mentally dysfunctional. 
and they're going to call attention to themselves. There's a couple things that we need to realize here. I'm not going to sit here and get all political, but I'm just going to say these two things because it's my show. And if you don't like it, you can get your own show and you can talk about what you want. So we got barbecue coming up in about uh, eight minutes from now. One, you got to talk to your kids. You got to let them know that they can come to you no matter what, under any circumstance, and tell you anything, whether they know somebody that is feeling like this, whether they've heard somebody threaten about bringing guns to school. Because here's the other thing. If, you're, if your kid is the bully, your kid has to understand that now, not 15 years ago, that if you're going to bully somebody, it's a whole new set of rules. Kids will come back into school, look for the bully and the bully's friends, and they will shoot and kill you. Well documented over the last 10 years. People that feel like they've been slighted at school, that they aren't in the in crowd, that they're not jocks or perceived as popular, whatever the case may be, however they have been bullied, they are coming back into school armed, and they are shooting and killing kids. That's number one. So if you are a bully, you need to be fully prepared and that you're looking at all angles here, that the person you're bullying might come back in and then serve you plus 10. Secondly, and more importantly than any of that, and that is very important, by the way, just a reminder that in the middle of super white town USA, Chardon, Ohio, close-knit community, this can happen anywhere, and it happens anywhere. It just happened here yesterday. Three kids are dead. So if you have small kids or big kids or high schoolers or whatever the case may be, Take five minutes or ten minutes if you haven't in the last couple days. Sit them down. Tell them you love them. Tell them that they can always talk to you. Tell them they can come to you with anything. But just make sure that they know that you support them and that you love them. Because like three parents found out yesterday, they were sending their kids to school, a school, and three of them didn't come back. Because they were shot by another student, another student in the school. You don't want to be left wishing, I don't know if my kid knows for sure that I love him or her. I didn't get a chance to say goodbye and I love you today. You do not want to be that parent. So if you haven't said it in 10 minutes or 5 minutes or 20 minutes or 2 days... Get your kid, tell them you love them, because you never know when you're not going to be able to say it again. And it will happen again until this changes, and I have no idea how you can go about ridding this, but it's a behavior that's learned. Love your kids. Make sure that they know that you love them. That's most important. All right, we're going to go ahead and get back into the barbecue talk here in just a minute with Matt Sprouse from Motley Q Crew. Look, let me tell you something, folks. There's a longtime-running sponsor here on the show. You know them as the Barbecue Guru, and they are makers of automatic pit temperature control devices. I have been in huge communication with Bob Trudnack of the Barbecue Guru. He is slated to come on in two weeks' time. I be- uh, maybe three weeks? I think it's the 13th of March. And he is going to introduce a product of automatic pit temperature control device genre 
that quite simply could change the automatic pit temperature control device game for good. It's going to put to shame any competitor. Research and development has been going on around the clock, night and day. Okay? This product is something that the community has been asking for, especially you nerds. And you know right away, the barbecue guru is uh, on the cutting edge of technology. They have the ability to control multiple pits from multiple fans just from one source, one single operating source. Also, you have wireless units like the ProCom 4. You have the CyberQ2, that DigiQ DX. And, of course, that PartyQ, which is all-in-one battery operated. You take it with you. You put it on a bullet smoker or a ceramic-style cooker. And then, and only then, will you be able to fully function that particular cooker, whether it be a ceramic or a bullet style. It can also go on kettle grills as well. Just set that temperature right there on the LED screen. You have five-degree increment buttons, up and down bumps. When you're done, take it off. Put it back in the garage or put it back in your barbecue kitchen or whatever it is that you need to be buying your wife a ring for from Stephen DeFranco because you got a whole bunch of crap out there. This new product that Bob is going to be introducing is going to completely revolutionize this industry, and I'm so looking forward to him talking about it here over the next couple weeks. Uh, start the rumor mill now, as I'm sure everybody will. Also, be sure to check out that Onyx Oven, which is a cooker that has been developed by the Barbecue Guru, tested on the Barbecue Trail. It's won many, many awards to include runner-up, reserve grand champion at the Jack Daniels last year. They did huge at the American Royal as well. So this is something that is obviously going to work and integrate very well with any automatic temperature control device from the Barbecue Guru. And not only those products, but they have Wicked Good Charcoal and Blues Hog sauces, Head Country sauces, Slabs and Dizzy Pig rubs. And of course, that... uh, Many other products that sponsor the show already. So check them out, thebbqguru.com, or call them toll-free, 800-288-GURU. We'll be back with Matt Sprawls from Motley Q. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. Uh, Coming up on 14 past the hour. Mike McLeod, MMA Creative, going to be joining me in about uh, 22 minutes from now the marketing partner for the Kansas City Barbecue Society. So we're going to be talking about some of the existing things that they already have working on, some of the new things integrated in 2012. Uh, the Houston Livestock and Rodeo took place this past weekend. Inside that festival, one of the most hotly contested barbecue competitions during the course of a calendar year. The team that walked out on top quickly getting a reputation for jumping into the biggest events and ripping wins from all the other teams, Motley Q Crew Barbecue, Won the 2012 American Royal Open. Now the Houston Livestock and Barbecue Championship notched on the belt as well. And here to talk about it is the uh, head cook, Matt Sprouse from Motley Q Crew Barbecue Team. Matt, how are you, buddy? Doing well. How are you doing, Greg? Uh, doing absolutely fantastic, Matt. Uh, appreciate you making time. I mean, nobody can be doing uh, as good as you and the other Motley Q guys right now, right? Yeah, we're, we're pretty stoked. And, uh, 
you know, that, that head cook thing, uh, you know, that was something that had to be for paperwork down there. We all, we all pitch in and, you know, Mikey Z and Onion and Riley, it's, uh, it's quite a group effort. So I'm just the only one that was available. So, and, uh, we're not trying to belittle anybody here. Of course, no. not. it's outrageous. <laughs> uh, no, nobody's trying to do that. You guys just relax. We're not saying Matt is better than anybody else, but of course he is a uh, 2011 American Royal open. You win 500 plus teams, Houston rodeo this uh, past weekend, 200 plus teams. The team motto of go big, go home continues to apply to the team. Matt, your team different than many others. in the fact that you guys don't live in the same neighborhood, you're not from the same city. So it's not like you guys are always around working on profiles and cooking things. You guys are kind of all over the country. How do you guys coordinate this meetup? Well, we're using one right now. Uh, we use a lot of technology. Um, you know, documents back and forth, video Skype, uh, a lot of talking on the phone. Uh, you know, Mikey Z's been just tearing it up the last few weeks uh, preparing for this because uh, we revamped our chicken uh, for this deal. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we we pretty much, if it's something that we could leverage our advantage. We use it. Now, this isn't a contest that Motley Q is necessarily used to cooking. You know, your KCBS team, you've done very well at a lot of KCBS-sanctioned events. Uh, before I ask you how you prep for this contest versus the ones that you, I guess, you would normally prep for, how did you get it into this event? And I know it's kind of that great story in itself, so kind of lay it all out for us. Yeah, it was the uh, grand champion at the American Royal. So, uh they got us the invite. Um, you know, it was touch and go. Uh, Harry Miller was uh, working with Mike Winninghoff with the uh, American Royal, and they were working on this agreement. And uh, this was the first year the agreement got uh, set up. And uh, we were touch and go. Onion uh, had a pulmonary embolism oh. uh, after the jack, after he got home. And uh, he's, still, he's still struggling with some health issues. And you know, it's not that we didn't want to go, but we just, you know, we had a guy down. It was just, it was tough. And, you know, Harry and Mike just kept on uh, about it. And uh, they made some things happen for us. They pulled some resources together and we, we rolled down there and just had a blast. And uh, it was just, it was amazing. It, it, you know, the timeline of this whole thing has just been amazing. It's been like riding a wave. What, what, I mean, what was the percentage of you guys possibly not even going down to compete? At one point, it was 100% we weren't going. Wow. And uh, and uh, Riley had called me back, and we were talking, and, you know, finally uh, Riley said that he was going to go by himself, and I was like, because Mikey Z had a big scheduling conflict, and that you know, that had nothing to do with the uh, Ron's illness or, or Onion's illness. Uh, he wasn't going to be available, and I said, well, I'm, I'm not going to let you go by yourself. And then Mikey popped up, his scheduling conflict cleared up, and next thing we know, we went from – we were certainly not going to. We'll be there. So it, it it just worked out really well. Matt, I don't want to do this. I don't want to call you out. Is that a Guy Fieri cookbook placement in the back there or what? Oh, yeah. I, I keep Oh, uh, come on. That guy goes to take You could well, take him you know for a size or two. You got to be kidding me. You know, I, I, I keep what we do around. <laughs> I mean, I hate to, you know, a shameless plug for Chris and Andy. Uh, you know, these guys are putting great products out that, that we use all this stuff. I mean, and to be honest with you, uh, not to jump ahead, though, we used this wicked good barbecue book with the brand. You know, they got a blue ribbon brand in there, and that was our foundation. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's a bookshelf. I mean, you can't call it a shameless place, but I mean, it's, it's where it sets. Of but, course, uh, always tip to the camera, well-lighted, no problem. 
I, I have to admit, I did adjust the angle. It was there, but I had to adjust the angle. Yeah, absolutely. Matt Sproul is joining us here on the show. Motley Q Crew Barbecue Team. Again, the website, by the way, MotleyQ.com. That's Q-U-E. So you're getting ready for this event. Uh, three categories, brisket, chicken, ribs. Uh, you were a triple enter team. You don't have to cook all three to be eligible to win. Can you briefly explain to you know us or, or I guess some of the people that don't know exactly how the Houston Rodeo rules work as far as the barbecue competition side, and then we'll kind of build in from there. Yeah, you, you don't have to cook all three. The reason why we cooked all three is because we got the invitation. That was part of this whole champion's corner they put together. Uh, you know, Keeper Hot was, I think, I think that was the team next to us. Uh, it was uh, uh, Shane and Rick. If I remember right, uh, they had qualified from San Antonio, so they were next to us. Craig Sherry, uh, Texas Pepper Jelly, he was the previous year winner. He was two spots down, and the Jack winner wasn't there. So they had set aside this this whole deal, and uh, that was one of the perks is you get to cook all three categories. Now, other teams can cook all three categories, but you have to have three sites. You know, only one site can turn in a meat. And then... You know, and this was all new to us. I, this is not KCBS by any stretch, and uh, but it was a blast. And so you turn in your meets, whether you're doing all three, one or two or whatever, and then the top eight get a visit back from the judges for a second turn in. So basically you've got like, we had like six, comp- you know, six competition meets going. You got your stagger, you know, you got your one, you turn in for the first. And if you get a visit for your final, you got your other one staged and ready to go. So you got some good fresh deal to go. And uh so we got a visit back on chicken. Uh, we really liked our brisket. Our brisket was amazing. It, it did lack a little pop. We had those creek stones that were just absolutely unbelievable. They've been really good to us since this whole deal started with Houston. And, uh, you know, I don't know. They, it was partially our fault why it didn't have quite a little bit of the – we didn't do something that we should have done and because we were kind of confused about the rules. But anyway. And, uh, well, what, what didn't you do? You can't drop a bomb like that and then just skate over it. Well, there was some confusion about how, you know, you can do some painting on individual pieces and stuff with KCBS as you're, as you're getting them ready and different things like that. And so, uh, you know, some things didn't happen the way we normally do. But it, it was a phenomenal – we were talking. It was the best brisket we've ever cooked. And uh, it was absolutely amazing. And, uh, but the chicken, we were, we were stoked. I mean, the chicken was amazing. And we got that in and uh, – that's what we got our call back in, and uh, and then we put our second chicken in. Yeah, I was going to say, how do you guys go about prepping for this event, and did you have any type of definitive departure from the flavor profile and the cooking techniques that we normally use at KCBS, or did you kind of stay true to what the process was for you guys? Well, we burnt the house down. It was nothing, nothing to do with our chicken that we've been using for KCBS. And that's what's so – that we, we still laugh about it because Mikey spent – I don't, you know, I don't know how long he's been working on it, but, you know, you know, I was throwing up Chris and uh, uh, Chris and Andy's book earlier, uh, Wicked Barbecue or Wicked Good Barbecue, and they've got that blue ribbon brine in there. So Mikey started, you know, cutting out the backbones and butter flying them out, you know, after they're brined and 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 experimenting with some different things, and he was making great progress with it. And um, we, you know, as, as this is continuing to evolve, we get there. You know, we do thighs. We're a, we're a thigh team when we're at uh, KCBS. And uh, we get there and we do our practice run. And You're fine. It just doesn't it, – it, it's got a great flavor profile to it, but there's not any pop to it. I mean, there's just – it's just 
the tenderness, the moist. I mean, it was just a beautiful bird, but it just tasted like roasted chicken. And so we left the the brine the same. We didn't change any of that. The spatchcock, you know, butter flying it out. We left all that the same. And then we went to work on some injections and uh, some other, I guess, rubs, you could say, that we just started playing with. On And, and this, this kind of folds into what makes our team what it is. You know, Onion's down, not feeling well, you know, back home in Louisiana. You know, I envision him sitting on the couch, and he phones in some ideas on what we should try. And I start messing with him and making some tweaks. And, you know, we had some disagreements on what we liked and didn't like, and we kept working on it. And all of a sudden, we're like, that's it. And no testing. We had to run with it. That's what we put in. And um, in the preliminaries, we tied for fourth with that. So that got us our callback being in the top eight. And then we made an extra little tweak to it. Or the final, because that was the first time we got tasted and we wanted a, a little bit more of a pop, and then that's where we got first place. All right, so when you get first place chicken, obviously you were excited enough to think that because you got that first call back, you were able to put in another chicken, you made that final tweak that really put it over the top, so you get that call. How do awards go? Because KCBS, you know, you're calling out chicken, you're calling out ribs, pork, brisket, so you're kind of able to measure... Who, who are the other teams getting calls? Where are you ranking amongst what kind of calls you're getting? So as they start to call overall, you might be able to have at least some type of idea where you might be falling at, you know, within that top grand champion all the way down to, you know, sucking ass at last place or somewhere in between. Um, are you notified of who else is in the finals with you just for categories? And then do they announce you previous who the final out of all the competition uh, categories are? Well, they come by, and it's a pretty. It's one of the interesting things about it, it's kind of a fanfare event. They come by with these big, you know, these big finalist signs because you're a. And I can't remember Brian Thompson was our guy. He uh, he comes, and I can't remember what the name of that. It's like a coordinator. You know, he's responsible for you know watching you cut your meat and get it. You know, because it's off of tagged piece of meat and getting it turned in, and then they come back and notify you of this finalist status, and so. I seen him down at Craig Sherry's and he had some signs in his hands down at uh, Texas pepper jelly. And um, he kept, you know, he was talking to him for a bit and he starts walking towards us and he hands us a chicken sign. And then our neighbors got two, uh, keep her hot. They got uh, I believe it was ribs and brisket. They got their finalist. in. so you kind of know from some of the, the crowd and, you know, people cheering around you, some of the people that are in. And, uh, but the interesting thing is they, they take you all up on stage, whether, you know, once you turn it in, once the awards start, they come and get everybody, and that's I, I was the head cook because I was assigned to chicken, and they only allow one team member from your team, and they take everybody up on stage and kind of put you in a, a you know a half circle, and then they start counting the top three for each category, and then the highest score out of all of those of the individual is the one that gets the uh, grand championship, and so we got first place chicken, and um, but then it was good enough for grand champion; it had the highest score. High score on of all the other uh, ribs and uh, brisket as well. So let me ask you yeah. this uh, question because, I mean, you know where you are. You're in Texas, right? Given the affinity that Texas has for brisket being known for being a brisket mecca as far as that region of barbecue is concerned, did you feel that going into the finals at least, because you obviously know what the scores are, 2020 being hindsight, but did you feel that chicken was going to get a fair enough shake for an overall title win, do you think that you know chicken is something that's going to win it for you, or did you or were you just feeling it? You knew chicken was that good. You didn't care if you were going up against brisket or ribs or pork shoulder. It didn't matter. Well, 
you know, after the final eight, obviously, you know, chicken's going to be it because that's the only one you're dealing with at that point. But when we turned all three meats in initially, we were so excited about our brisket. And uh, ribs were okay. Uh, we do pretty good with ribs. And they, they were good, but we tore one. You know, we had a, you know, we had a little mishap in the cutting process, and some things kind of went a little goofy there. And uh, so we were kind of shaky on that. And the chicken, we were we didn't know what to expect because, you know, as we're playing, you know, after we get it in and we're tasting it, I mean, and it got turned in, we were, we were happy. I mean, we were extremely happy with it. But, you know, again, we're in a new place, a new flavor profile that we've never been before, and you never know what people are going to think. And somebody, we had a, a buddy that I met years ago down there, um, named we call him Top Gun, and he was telling me that you know chicken has the potential to do really well down there, score well, and. I had to take him for what he said because I had no idea. Because I'm thinking like you, I'm thinking brisket's going to be king down here. Yeah. And I do believe, looking at the score, I think the top three in the grand champion were took swept chicken. I think I think chicken swept at the top three scores. Wow. So uh, maybe Texas becoming more of a chicken state than anything else. <laughs> uh, Matt Sproul's joining me here on the show. Motley Q Crew Barbecue Team winning the Houston Livestock and Rodeo Barbecue Competition. MotleyQ.com. Let me see if I can. I want to make sure that I uh, pull these up here. Let me see. Did I add these to the uh, to the slideshow, or did I forget to do this? Let me see if I can do this real quick. Because you sent me some great uh, pictures, and I want to make sure that I'm... Here's one. Look at this thing. Now, oh, you got to be kidding me. It's upside down? Son of a... You can see that, can't you, Matt? Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. yeah it's completely upside down, isn't it? I can show you mine right side up. I keep it, you know, I sleep with it next to my pillow. So I mean, right, let's see that. Hold that up reach. there to the camera so people can be enamored with this thing. Oh, you, you're going to hold it up? You got it? Yeah, hold it up there. Wow, look at that. So does everybody get a uh, a belt buckle or is it just one that goes to the teams like part of the trophy or what? Uh, they give you two. And, um, uh, We've got the option to get a couple more, and we're going to take advantage of that for uh, our other team members. So, yeah, it's uh, and this is the first year they've done the uh, the buckle. So, we're pretty honored to be the first. You know, since this championship corner started, or the champions corner started, and they started the belt buckle. We're just we're really fired up. All right. So, one of the things that people always want to know when you're talking about competition and all this stuff. You're obviously laying out a, I don't want to say a considerable amount of money, but it's going to cost some money to get everybody down there and get your meat ready. And who knows how the hell you even got cookers there, whatever the case may be. There's a, a fairly decent amount of expense, just like there is in any barbecue competition event. What kind of a cash payout is the Houston Livestock and Rodeo? It's mainly a prestigious type uh, deal. I mean, you know, we got some. Uh, there, I think the packages here, there was four airline tickets, round-trip airline tickets, and some concert tickets for the Alabama concert, which we couldn't be there because we were heading Alabama. back home. I had, I had some things I had to get to. We all had to be back. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty much the belt buckles and um, some really nice little add-ons that they throw in there, but it's a prestigious event, and I've known about it for years, and I'm so happy they're doing this because – it is expensive. It's a corporate event. They raise a ton of money, and it's a great – I mean, it's – I've been there. I was down there with a guy. It's been about four or five years ago. We went down. He was a celebrity judge and uh, had a blast. I mean, I, I just was blown away. I mean, the Kansas City Royal Barbecue is big, and and this is huge, but it's huge in a different – I mean, they got the, you know, the wood facades up on all the tents that look like old saloons and stuff. I mean, people just go way out of their way to make this event just incredible. And uh, 
you know, all the people down there, you know, you ask it, you know, there was a guy, Lang Chapman, um, he rolled out just all kinds of love for us. He brought, he brought a, uh, he had a backwoods chubby that we, we, cause that was the other thing we were cooking on none of our equipment. And so we're cooking on a backwoods chubby, which we're familiar with backwoods. And then he brought out the safe and, uh, by, uh, by Pitmaster, And we fell in love with that. That's such a beautiful piece of equipment. And, uh, you know, the red carpet was rolled out and just amazing event. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say. And so, yeah, it costs, you know, we had to get there. And, you know, of course, we've got some expense with that. But just what they did, they took the impossible and made it possible. And we just had a blast. I can't, I can't thank them enough. It was just the time of our life. Matt Sproul is joining us here on the show talking about this past weekend in Houston at the barbecue event uh, that they happily took first place in, Motley Q Crew Barbecue Team, Motley Q dot com is the website all right so let me ask you this uh, very easy non-probing or salacious question you've won the american royal open last year you won the houston livestock and rodeo barbecue competition this past weekend completely different sanctioning bodies and events completely different ways of cooking we couldn't be more divergent from how they are this isn't me asking would you rather win the jack or the american royal but i will ask you if you would trade winning one over the other, or or which one did you like winning the best? And you have to pick one. Oh, well, now now you're asking me if I like you know fillet or prime rib. I don't, you know that's that's well, it's not fillet. That's a tasteless piece of meat. Come on, man. I hate pick man. one. Fillet's done right. I like fillet, uh, but uh, you know I'm just you know that's they they are they're so totally different. You know the jacks even different. Um, I mean, and that we've never been to Memphis and May, and I'm sure that, you know, that, I mean, I understand how it works and stuff. So, I mean, you just get such diverse contests that, uh, you know, they're both great. I don't know how to explain it, but they are, they're night and day. They're night and day. And we had a blast with, uh, I did, I did enjoy the fact that the prep for the uh, presentation for the box was fold some foil up and put it on the bottom and drop your meat. I did. That was nice, especially for being out of sorts that, you know, we're, you know, kind of here on a shoestring and we're not set up the way we normally are. That really, that really helped us out quite a bit. Absolutely. Matt Sprouls joining us here on the show. They just won the Houston Livestock and Rodeo Barbecue Competition cook-off. Uh, of course, last year they won the American Royal Open. Uh, where are you going to be at competing next, Matt? Well, uh, we got a few things going on this summer with some Sam's events that, um, I don't have any dates, but there's a there's a Sam's event up in Michigan, uh, I think one in Missouri, and then of course the Royal. And we're really fired up about this Kingsford Challenge that we've qualified for now. That's that's going to be a big deal. That uh, fifty thousand dollar winner take all. We're super stoked about that. And uh, and then of course we're back at the Jack again this year. So we're going to keep at it. You know the Jack's been the one that's been on everybody's bucket list since day one, and. Uh, we're going to give it all we got. Absolutely. Uh, Matt, we can uh, wish you continued success. And, uh, again, tell everybody uh, from the show, uh, congratulations on the big this past weekend. Appreciate you coming on tonight. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care. There he is. Matt Sprouse, Motley Q Crew Barbecue. So huge contest to win, absolutely, no doubt about it. And way different than what he's used to cooking. So a lot of respect and uh, congratulations being able to diverge that much from what you would normally do. You know, a lot of KCBS cooks aren't getting out of their comfort zone. Let's just say that in a nice way. Let me quickly remind you about a few things. 
first of all, if you have some cash that you have, maybe you're having cash come in from refund checks from your IRS or whatever the case may be, you have some discretionary income at your fingertips and you're looking to get a grill or a cooker or cookbooks or whatever barbecue and grilling utensil you might need. But maybe you're in an area of the country that you don't really have access to a brick-and-mortar building that is going to allow you to blow all of these thousands of dollars that the government is giving you back after taxing you incorrectly all year. Now you have to go on the Internet. Now you are playing roulette with your money and your sanity. Because some of these places that you're dealing with, let's be honest, they might be a tad unsavory. They might be places that are offering you great deals, but they don't have really any inventory to speak of. They have no way of securing however they took your money. And you're never going to be getting that item that you ordered for them, even though you've already paid for it. It happens every single day of the week and twice on Sunday on the Internet. Fly-by-night companies happy to take your money. Let me put your mind at ease. Go to TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com. A highly respected, highly trusted retailer of anything that has to do with barbecue and grilling. You know the owner of the company, Fred Bernardo. He's been here on the show a number of times. He's getting into competitions. He's trying out for season three of Barbecue Pitmasters. He's just like me and you. He's trying to bring barbecue to the masses. Now, if you want grills, he's got them. If you want smokers, he's got them. If you want big green eggs, which is a hybrid, as I call it, the smoker and the grill at the same time, he's got those. Huge selection of cookbooks. Maybe you're a pizza guy like Fred is starting to blossom into, and you want Italian Forno Bravo ovens. He's got those specialized flour for making your pizza crust. Barbecue sauces. He's got his own line of barbecue sauces and rubs, the Tasty Licks line, which is absolutely fantastic whether it be the seasonings for vegetables or the barbecue rub or Fred's special sauce, which is absolutely good as well, because it uses the same flavor block that the original smoke and guitar player's rub uses. So you can use those two together. And again, consistency being the key, the flavor profiles will be able to stay exactly the same all the way out through the cooking process, which really enhances the eater's experience. So spend your money trustedly at Tasty Licks, bbq.com we're going to step away real quick and when we come back we're going to have mike mcleod the president and ceo of mma marketing talking about the kcbs and some of the cool stuff that's happening over there you're listening to the barbecue central radio show right here on the barbecue central radio networks Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. We're coming up on 23 till the top of the hour. This portion of the show being brought to you by the good folks over at the... Why do I say that? Not even thinking. All right, pardon me for that. Joining me now is the president and the CEO of MMA Creative. They are a marketing partner for the Kansas City Barbecue Society. We're going to be talking about some new projects they have planned for 2012, as well as some changes to existing items already in place. Let's go ahead and race over to the hotline. Welcome back in, friend of the show, Mike McLeod, president and CEO of MMA Marketing. Mike, how are you, buddy? 
I'm great, Greg. How are you? Doing absolutely fabulous, Mike. Appreciate you making time for the show. Uh, we find you in Las Vegas, no doubt. Yes, you do. You're you're probably saving me money right now, so I need to thank you right off the bat. Oh, well, what are you thanking me for? <laughs> well, if we weren't talking about the food table, I'd probably be at the craps table. <laughs> Losing shirt and hat, no doubt about it. Uh, Mike McLeod <laughs> joining me here on the show. Mike, before we get into some of the, the business tonight, uh, for those maybe who aren't as aware of what MMA is and what the company is, could you give us kind of a, a quick background on MMA Creative, what the core business is, and, of course, how you end up hooking up with KCBS? Sure, I'll try to give you the Cliff Notes version. Um, we've been in business for about 21 years now. We've been a traditional agency for the balance of the most of the time. We spent about 15 years working with uh, all various kinds of companies. And then about six years ago, we got a chance to work with KCPS and became their official agency of record. And ever since then, we've been working on programs that build membership, um, promote KCPS as a brand name to homes throughout America, uh, and build corporate platforms that bring partnerships to the table that, uh, that what I consider are helping raise the barbecue tide. So we've been doing that now for five or six years. Mike McLeod joining us here on the show. Mike, I know initially it was kind of a change on your part in regards to how you were building that initial proposal for KCBS. You fast forward to 2012, now almost March. How do you think the partnership has worked out for MMA, and has it surpassed any expectations, uh, any expectations that you might have had for it when you were doing it at the outset? It uh, it's doing great, doing uh, exactly what we had expected. In fact. We exceeded expectations in our first four years, and we were able to head into a second contract as a result of it. We made a few tweaks to that contract uh, just to make it a little bit more of a balanced situation, a win-win for for my company and KCS. Um, but right now, we couldn't have here. We've been able to bring new big partners to the table, new big programs to the table, and we, we think it's been good for the entire bar. Absolutely. Uh, Mike, one of those big names was brought on last year to huge rave reviews from everybody that took part in that course being the Sam's Club Barbecue Tour. This has kind of expanded into the second season. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the Sam's Club Tour, how it's changed in 2012, and how excited is Sam's Club to really be a part and kind of uh, almost giving back in a sense to the people that are showing up every weekend to buy their stuff to go out and compete? Well, I think it's been the the barbecue program or the barbecue barbecue shop that was heard around the world. Sam's is uh, extremely happy. They are trying to do everything they can to be a great corporate citizen to barbecue and uh, barbecue competitors. Uh, they're they're trying to align themselves with growth and mission objectives of KTBS. And one of the key ways they decided to do that was create their own barbecue championship series. And for the second year, they decided to expand it. Um, when we actually pulled it off the championship in their parking lot at the national headquarters, we were able to make a great impression on some key executives. And across the board, everyone, one of them said, let's make this bigger and better. So we, we expanded from 25 events to 30 events. And then there's a championship after that. And they raised the prize first from... 
2012. So things look great there. We 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 encourage teams to continue to participate. Uh, I think there's probably 20 or 30 open team registration slots in America somewhere. You can go to kcbs.us and find out where those are. Uh, but there's over 700 teams competing for this $500,000 here, and we're extremely happy about it. All right, now there was something, I don't know if this was added uh, or if this is going to be a new uh, experience portion of the SAMS Tour, but there's that American Grillmaster experience. What can you tell us about that? The Grillmaster experience is a tour within a tour. It's it's our um, attempt to connect the dots between consumers and the barbecue pros. When, when we put all those teams on the parking lot, you, you run into the same challenge that event directors do throughout America, and that is once um, someone walks around, they, they kind of decide or think or believe that they're going to get, be able to, to eat barbecue from all these comp, uh, competitive teams, and they can't because of health code restrictions, because of corporate restrictions, because of event restrictions, what have you. Uh, so the, the grill master experience plus the sampling that Troy Black is able to do from, uh, from, from his perch as the, as the series director – uh, and from the stage, is our chance to put food in consumers' mouths. So when they walk into that environment, they walk away with a great experience, a great flavor, uh, something they're going to talk about, and we try to teach them how to become better grill masters at home by using some of the great barbecue techniques that our, our championship teams use as they layer flavor, as they, uh, uh, as they uh, create their wonderful cue, uh, we just try to take some of the, the talking points and the cheating points, uh, I shouldn't say cheating, but some of the shortcuts to to applying that to the grill. And American Grillmaster allows us to do that, and the, and the companies that are behind that are Heinz, McCormick's, Bull Outdoor Products, and uh, the Beef Council. So we're, we're excited to have them on board for 2012. Mike McLeod joining us here on the show, president and CEO of MMA Creative. Their website, by the way, if you want to check them out, MMACreative.com. Like one of the other things that I noticed is you know, there's some big names that have decided to jump in with KCBS on, on some new partnerships, one of those being Smithfield, well-respected in the industry, obviously. What kind of a deal that we were able to work out with that? Two or three things. Smithfield is actually going to um, – uh, these, these are kind of baby steps, but they're, they're big, bold steps for their first year of activation. They're going to sponsor the Rib Team of the Year. So whoever wins uh, the KCBS uh, rib category as the team of the year is going to get bonus money from Smithfield this year. I think it's uh, there's about $8,500 that's going to be given out to first, second, and third place. So I encourage the teams to really focus on the ribs this year. Uh, the second thing that they're doing, and that's, that's system-wide, that's throughout the nation. So any competition that you go to that's a sanctioned KCBS competition, you'll be earning points toward uh, that opportunity. The second thing they're doing is a rib shootout. Uh, they've picked 10 events in their I-95 corridor on the East Coast uh, that they are primarily serving uh, based on distribution. And um, they picked 10 events to sponsor with, with bonus money that uh, the teams, once they register uh, online at KCPS and register for, for that local event, if they come in first, second, or third in the rib category, they're going to win uh, extra money on top of whatever the events are giving them for that uh, category. Plus, there's going to be a series winner after those 10 events. I think we're taking the, the top four finishes from those 10 events and uh, putting even more money into play. I think it's like $2,500, $1,500. So 
Um, they they've come in and they've they've done it the right way, in my opinion. They've they've uh, attached themselves to the national race. They've created their own uh, branded race, which is one of the 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 new developing themes that we're seeing in marketing uh, across the board. And uh, they're trying to be good stewards of, um, of for the industry and learn from the barbecue teams. Uh, they, they're going to give ribs to the teams that compete in those 10 events so that uh, they can experiment with those ribs and get some great feedback from the team so that they can figure out uh, if they need to tweak or, or how to make a better competition rib. So that's uh, that's their objective for, uh, for 2012. Mike, I was just talking with Matt Sprouse. Uh, he's part of the team that won Houston Livestock and Rodeo just this past segment this past weekend. And one thing that he was really amped up and that he actually made mention of was the fact that uh, he's now part of this Kingsford $40,000 challenge. For the people that aren't aware of that, uh, how did this come about and what is this all about? The $40,000 challenge is actually a, uh, an evolution of the Kingsford Points Chase. For the last couple of years, Kingsford's been involved in uh, uh, the, the industry from a standpoint of of uh, having a competition within a competition at 14, 15 events. And they changed it this year uh, so they give more prize money locally uh, at each one of the events that they're going to uh, be involved with. So, yeah, he, he particularly, uh, and let me make sure I'm not confusing two things. They've got two big programs going on. they got the $40,000 challenge, mm-hmm. um, which is at 15 or 16 events. And then they've got their own invitational that they're creating this year that's going to take the winners from, I think, six, seven, or eight events, Houston Livestock being the first one, uh, then some other events like the Jack and the Royal and the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour Championship. They're going to take seven or eight uh, pitmasters, and they're going to have a $50,000 winner-take-all competition this year at one of their manufacturing plants in uh, in Michigan, I think. So it's another evolution and development from a, a, a key brand endemic partner that we that we work with that's, that's trying to reward the fantastic work and the efforts of the barbecue teams in the industry. Absolutely exciting stuff there. Mike McLeod joining us here on the show. Uh, there's a couple other big things that are going on, kind of integrated in these KCBS competitions. Yeah, continue to doing uh, some work with Tyson. And then, of course, you have the Ranchers Reserve Beef Cup and the Reesers Potato Salad Series. Uh, some new, some existing, but have there been tweaks made to the ones that you've already partnered with in the past? Well, the Reesers and the Tyson programs are, are new. The Tyson is, Tyson is looking for the best chicken wing on the planet. And they're going to put money up for grabs at uh, all of the Sam's Club competitions. So the, there's going to be a fifth category. Uh, the, the teams that win that uh, at the local level win money, and then they get to advance and, and compete in a national uh, competition that's going to be done online that, that consumers get to vote on. And the winner of that whole thing not only wins money, but they're going to win some fame because they're going to be uh, their likeness and their recipe is going to be put on packaging uh, by Tyson in some form or fashion, and uh, we're, we're going to see a mini-celebrity kind of created from that, that uh, scenario. On the research side, uh, just tickled to death to, to have researchers and uh, their, their fine team join the competition industry with a, with a potato salad competition. You know, there's two kinds of great potato salad, the, the one that you fix at home and then one the researchers uh, that you can get at the store that's got the researchers label on it. So. They, they've understood now what it's uh, what the competition barbecue industry is all about. They're supporting it with a fifth category um, potato salad competition that has money uh, and also marketing rights tied to it. So they're going to they're, they're going to use some of their flexibility 
flexible muscle muscle and uh, help our industry as well. We're really excited about that. Mike, you've been able to bring a lot of big names, you know, in food service, obviously names related to barbecue and grilling into the fold here over KCBS over the last couple of years. Are there any new, like, target companies that you're looking to get in to help pony up that stable even more? I could tell you, but I'd hang up on you or kill you. Really? Let's never do that. I, don't, I especially don't want the second part. You can hang up on me. <laughs> no, we're, we're constantly on the lookout for, for new companies and and even what we call non-endemic companies. You know, all the companies that we're discussing right now are food-related, and they're in the channel. Uh, we're looking for uh, companies outside the channel, the, the Budweiser's, the Coca-Cola's, the, um, the Dasani's, you know, the, 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 the companies like that that have great big marketing budgets just haven't woken up to, to barbecue appropriately yet. And we think through uh, initiatives like the Sam's Club National Barbecue Series and their efforts to promote barbecue in general I think we're going to get a lot more uh, attention and a lot more opportunity in the next uh, 12 to 24, 36 months. Uh, Mike, are the uh, details on the Kingsford Invitational out there, uh, like on KCBS website, or are they on Kingsford website? They they are, or they're very close to being. I uh, I didn't um, anticipate that question, and I'm, I'm not online right now, but... Um, I think that there's there are some basic rules out there, and I think we're making sure that we're going through all the fine tune tuning of the rules. If we haven't loaded it up uh, yet, it's probably going to happen this week. All right, Mike. Uh, Got to ask you this before I let you go. Uh, new BOD members for KCBS elected this year. You've seen the board change over the last couple of years. You know, you're an outsider looking in. Obviously, you're a partner, so you have best interest in mind. Uh, but you're able to evaluate this whole thing uh, not being entrenched in KCBS per se. How do you think it's running right now? Is it better than the last couple of years? Is it just the same? Where do you kind of fall out just as an objective viewer? Interesting question and a good question. Um, I'm encouraged by the board that uh, that just got uh, seated. I, mean, I had a chance to spend some significant time with them over the last, about two weeks ago at a strategic retreat. Uh, we've had great board members in the past. Uh, we've got great board members right now. Uh, this particular board seems to be gelling very well. Uh, most boards usually do in the beginning. I'm sure there's going to be uh, challenges and, and hurdles uh, as, as they start to get comfortable and they start to, to take on initiatives that might be important to them and might not be important to the entire board. But uh, I'm, I'm very encouraged by the, the board right now, and we, um, we couldn't have a better relationship, working relationship uh, with the board than we've, than we've had in six years. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Mike McLeod is the president and CEO of MMA Creative. Again, the website, MMACreative.com. Mike, appreciate the time tonight. Go ahead and those tables and win some money for the both of us. I'll do the best I can. Thanks a lot, Greg. All right. Thanks so much. There he is, Mike McLeod, joining us here again the website if you want to check him out, MMACreative.com. There I am back. Here I go. You notice I'm not wearing a hat tonight. All right. Uh, I can't believe I'm actually going to do this because personal appearances never show fodder. I think we've all agreed that the do-rag is probably not the best look for me because, look, I'm kind of a lean guy. I am. Not fat. Um. Should I be wearing a baseball cap? You just like the hair done? Because I just got like right home from work and jumped on the air. So do um, you like that? You don't care? You want to make balding jokes at me? You think I've never heard them before? It's fine. My ego is way too big for anybody to make fun of me. Thanks again to Mike McLeod from MMA Creative. Lots of uh, interesting details there going on for the 2012 
lots of great things happening and adjustments made to ones that have already been existing, which I find nice because companies have decided to kind of re-up and continue to the support of KCBS. So look forward to that. Or again, quick reminder, last reminder of the show about Barbecuers Delight wood pellets. Look, I just got a new shipment in myself to feed my gorilla cooker, which is a pellet-fired cooker. I love the fact that I can get these quality pellets. And from all accounts, and you just don't have to take it from me. I know a lot of people think that I'm just saying stuff because people are paying me to say it. That's not the case. I evaluate each and every sponsor that I take in onto the show. I'm not just going to take money from somebody and uh, they turn out to be some flash in the pan or it's going to be a customer service nightmare. For me, the company isn't reputable. They're not holding up their end of the bargain. Candy Weaver has been in the pellet making industry for years and years and is widely regarded as the pellet source for your pellet fired cookers, for wood smoke flavoring, for your Weber Smoky Mountain style cookers, whatever the case may be. You're going to be able to go to BBQRS Delight, D E L I G H T, BBQRS Delight.com, and then do your shopping and realize. What you have stumbled upon is this, pellets, which are absolutely fantastic. And let me show you uh, what I'm talking about here. Where is the uh, Barbecuers Delight pellets? They're right here. Here's one of the one-pound bags that you can get. Uh, my pellets come in 20-pound bags. You can also get them in bulk for your cookers, 40-pound bags if there's a particular flavor that you like. For me, this is just me. You don't have to do it like I do, but I know most want. I do a nice 50-50 blends. Celtics beat the Cavaliers. Damn. Cats aren't that good. I hate to say it. I like to use a 50-50 blend of apple and hickory. And I mix it well in one of those big five-gallon buckets that I get from Home Depot. And I put it in my hopper. I get a nice succulent sweet smoke. It's never overpowering, which is absolutely fantastic when it comes to those pellet cookers. It never seem to oversmoke. But these Barbecuers Delight wood pellets are absolutely fantastic. Here's the recipe. Two-thirds oak for heat, BTU, consistent burn. One-third flavor wood. I talked to Candy before. I said, why isn't it all 100% flavor wood? Wouldn't that be a better idea, a better way to market? Absolutely not, because some hardwoods just don't burn and give you that BTU. So you need something that's going to give you that reliable, consistent heat. But then you also got that flavor wood in there to drop some of that great succulent sweet smoke on the ribs, on the chicken, on the brisket, the pork butts. Bacon-wrapped chicken breasts. Bacon? You ever cook bacon on the grill before? Try it. You'll love it. But go to bbqrsdelight.com and search the whole inventory of flavors that they have and then order up a whole bunch. You're going to be happy that you did. bbqrsdelight.com. We're coming back to wrap the show up right after this. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Patrick, we're not going to argue over who has the worst basketball team. We haven't won a title in basketball, like, ever for the Cavs, okay? So don't bring that to me. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. Uh, Thanks to Mike McLeod for joining me. And again, reiterating... Uh, there are Kingsford instructions up on the website, Kansas City Barbecue Society's website, in case you missed that. 
Uh, you got the Tyson's Best Chicken Wing uh, on the Planet competition that's going to be going off, kind of adding that fifth addition to uh, the normal meats that you would normally find. So if you're looking to add uh, kind of like that uh, Cook's Choice or the desserts thing or whatever they do at a lot of the other KCBS, this will be your fifth and an ancillary category, which isn't going to be counting against overall grand championship standings for that particular event. But the opportunity to win some extra cash, maybe uh, get you a little bit more notoriety. And, of course, you have the Ranchers Reserve Beef Cup and then that Reacher's Potato Salad Series. I don't know. You like potato salad? I mean, I love me some potato salad. Love it. I like vinegar potato. I'm just a vinegar guy. That's what I've come to find out in my short, pathetic life. I like vinegar stuff. I'm not an overly sweet guy. I'm kind of sour. You think I'm sour? I think I'm sour, though. Nice to hear that Mike McLeod thinks that the board is gelling well and that this could be kind of a game-changing board. Makes me really happy that I got those uh, four horsemen elected. You're welcome, Steve, Dave, George. The other guy that I can't remember right now. <laughs> Who was it? Dave and Steve. and jo- Oh, Jeff, right, of course. Big Creek. Sorry about that, Jeff. Love you. All right, that's going to do it for me. And this show tonight, we were jam-packed. Hopefully you had a great time, because I know I did. I uh, want to thank my guests tonight. All the way back in the first hour at 9.14 p.m., we had that Ted Reader fellow who just wants to keep it fun and you want to drink a lot and you want to eat good, but not too much. No Lenten specials for him. TedReader.com is his website. Then we talked to Joe Haynes, ocbarbecue.blogspot.com, about a number of things, KCBS judging, flavor profiles that are becoming prevalent, at least what he's seeing in his section of the country, which still leads me to believe that you, as much as you want to keep it consistent, if you know what flavor profiles are winning in certain regions, you're probably going to tinker a little bit. Stephanie, am I right? Dave Bosk, am I right? Cooks, Tippy Canoe, am I right about that? You just keep it consistent, I bet. Second hour we had. Look at everybody clearing out. What if I decide to do another hour and nobody's even on board? Uh, we had Matt Sprouse from Tip, uh, Tippy Canoe. Motley Q Barbecue Crew winning the Houston Livestock and Rodeo this past week and talking about that. And you'll see him at the American Royal and the Jack again this year. Also, uh, this past last segment was Mike McLeod, President and CEO of MMA Creative. MMACreative.com. Motley Q, Q-U-E.com is their website. Uh, let me remind you of a few short things here. Uh, number one, help control the rusty grill grade population. If you have raw cast iron, every time it starts to cool down, hit it with a little pan little Crisco, let it bake in as it cools down. It'll keep it rust-free for the entire service of those cast iron grates, which could be years and years and generations for all of that. Also, uh, September 11, 2001, I will never forget. Jam-packed show already next week, so you want to stay tuned for that. Get in the chat room early. We was almost another sellout tonight. Until then, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.